Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a client who had opened up a food operation in a shopping center, but the landlord had misrepresented the amount of foot traffic that your client would get. Yeah, Dennis, and very quickly my client felt the impact, losing a tremendous amount of money each month. He had invested $250,000 in improvements into the business. All right, how did you resolve that one? It turns out that the shopping center was about to be sold, so we waited for just the right moment before the sale because we knew the landlord would not want to have to disclose this major lawsuit. Suddenly, he's settled for a lot of money. Sometimes you have to know how to time your luck. Well, that's another real success. Folks, I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. Hi, this is Brock Lurie, and this is the Brock Lurie Podcast with my good friend and producer, Ari David. Always a pleasure. All right. Today... We'll start off with uh, some basic background of Hillary Clinton and her situation. Now, as you know, we talk about mostly timeless things, right? We we uh, we want to talk about Star Wars and how liberalism is, and, and uh, you know, we, we have very good. I think we have good themes. So it's a lot of fun. It's entertaining, right? Yeah. Or God, you know, the eternal one. The eternal you know, issues. That are eternal, long-lasting, mm-hmm. evergreen is what it's called in the industry. There you go. For subject matter. So why are we going to be talking about Hillary Clinton and her latest foibles and issues uh, relating to her campaign and her success and such, uh, her likelihood of success in the campaign? Because she is a uh, a timeless cautionary tale. Okay? How about that? Uh, that in fact, that might be the title. <laughs> a timeless cautionary right tale. <laughs> Clinton, colon, a timeless <laughs> cautionary tale. All right. <laughs> He's writing it down. Oh, Indeed I am. He is. That's a good one. All right. So, and I bring it up because she is. She's a, a very interesting character. And it's not because she's a woman. It's not because of uh, that she, the fact that she was once the, the, she is the wife of Bill Clinton and all those things. It's because of everything about her. She reflects everything that is wrong about liberalism and everything that, re, that is wrong of, um, in America. That her whole attitude, her whole approach, she embodies it. She's a perfect embodiment of, lib, uh, of, of why liberalism must fail. And how dangerous it is to, to this country. So, and and we're seeing as we speak today, uh, and this is not the timeless part. Um, as we speak today, Bernie Sanders, who for president is her main rival, is gaining in popularity so dramatically that he's actually leading uh, in, I believe, Iowa and New Hampshire, right? And soon enough, he'll and if he gets traction there, well, then by golly, he's going to get a lot of traction in other states. Maybe he won't get the nomination eventually, but you know what? I think he might. I, I, it, she's, she, her negative, negative numbers are so extraordinary. And, and here's where the timeless part comes in. Hillary Clinton, in many ways, is somebody who seeks to be loved by everybody. That her whole goal is just to please for the moment without having any set of values herself. We joked around, you and I, I think two podcasts ago about how, you know, we love the movie Terminator. We love the movie Back to the Future. We love the movie Star Wars, right? And, and in all those movies, there's some sort of action, right? In the Back to the Future example, you know, there's Marty on the skateboard and, he, and, he, and uh, his father, played by George, uh, the George McFly character, rather, he pops Biff in the face and we're all rooting and such. And then we just imagine a scenario where, well, if that's all the movie was, if it was just a, a series of, you know, people just hitting other people in the jaw, it wouldn't mean anything. We wouldn't pay for that, right? The, the reason why we do pay for it, why we see it so often it's because it's part of a big story, and it's trying to convey a message. And Hillary Clinton is the equivalent of a movie that's just spliced together with all the action scenes that you want to see, right? 
the, the, the punching Biff in, in the jaw or the lightsaber battles or, you know, a Terminator fight. That's all it is. That's all she is. She doesn't stand for anything. She's not, there's no story behind her. There's, there, there's nothing about her. She's not about anything. Right? That's it. She's just about Hillary Clinton. And she seems so surprised. I mean, you, you could just see as, as Obama passed her in the nomination process in 2008, how she was left, you know, in the dust. And she just kind of looked around like, what is happening? Well, I'll tell you what's happening. It's not because they, uh, the, the nation preferred a black man over a woman. It's because they preferred Obama because he was about something. I'm not saying he was about something good, but he was about the whole Hopi changey thing. And he, he, he pretended, at least, to be about something. It ends up being, of course, that he's about nothing. But Hillary Clinton didn't even fake it. She, she just said, I'm just about Hillary Clinton. I'm here I am. In, in many ways, she was like Robert Dole, you know, who came on the Republican side, who came on the scene and just felt he should be the nominee because, you know, his time had come. And I think she thinks that, too, that somehow the, the America deserves... Sorry, she, she deserves the presidency. America owes it to her. And, of course, that doesn't work that way. And here we see Hillary Clinton now dealing with Bernie Sanders, who's not a black man, who's not a Hispanic man, who's not an Asian man, who's not a, you know, a hyphenated American of any kind, other than Jewish, I suppose, but no one's bringing that up. The point is that, and, and to our great embarrassment, he's Jewish. I mean, it's just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vault, exactly right. Oh. But it's not about his Jewishness. No, no one's voting for, for him because he's Jewish. Yeah, that's a great point. He's not running around saying, I'll be the first Jewish president. Yeah, yeah no Isn't one. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah, it, it <laughs> just profound. does. profound. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it's a non-issue. But, but going back to, he is going to be the first avowedly socialist uh, nominee. That's, that's for sure. Boy, the times they are a change in, right? And he's, she's going to be passed up by this white male just like that. And, and she's now, she now has to take him very seriously. And there's going to be a replay of 2008. And you know what? I think it's just going to be fascinating. It's a little bit like the replay of uh, Star Wars versus uh, Return of the Jedi, right? There's, the, the, you know, that same kind of thing kind of comes to pass. Or if you like even better yet, yeah, this is a better example. The Godfather, right? All the Godfather wanted to do, the Marlon Brando Godfather... He wanted to just, you know, become legitimate after some time. He just needed to clean up some business, and then they would all be legit. But lo and behold, things don't work out so well, and he just keeps on getting more and more entrenched into the business. As the Al Pacino character says in Godfather 3, the more I try to get out, the more they try to pull me back in, right? And, and Al Pacino, the Al Pacino character, uh, what's his name? Michael. Michael, yeah, Michael Corleone, he dies Exactly the same way that his father did, not having achieved what his father had wanted to, his, had wanted to achieve, and now he's he's dying the same way, and you just know that the cycle of crime is going to continue on, and so it is with with Hillary Clinton. She's making the same mistakes. She it's about being nothing because she's about nothing. She's going to lose again. That's a fantastic, profound point. Because she's about nothing, there is no. Capacity to learn from the last time, like you say about chess. Okay, let's say you've never played chess before. You're going to sit down and play someone, whether it's your son or you or a grandmaster, anyone on that continuum, or someone like me who's not even as skilled as your son, who, by the way, is like nine or ten. Yeah, know. he's awesome. But he's very good. He's played it. Right. Well, based on your experience or lack thereof, will determine a long way into how badly you can get your butt kicked. But lo and behold, if you play a few games, you'll get a little better. You play a few more, you'll get a little better. This woman is completely incapable of learning from any past mistakes. Because to learn from a mistake, you either have to admit you made one, right? Or, or uh, you know, if you if you do the opposite, you can't admit you've ever made one mistake in your life. Right. All you do is blame other people for your own failures and losses. Well, no wonder you play the game no, the she, exact same way the next time. Yeah, I, I would say that she acts like a child in some ways, but, but that's not fair to children because children do learn. If they, you know, just like when you start to walk, you know, you, you, you fall, and then you realize, okay, well, maybe I put too much pressure on my right foot, and now I'm going to try to balance it so that I don't fall, right? That's what children do. 
and you realize when you make a mistake, uh, you know, in math, well, then you know you try to understand why you made the mistake, and you think of different. What you learn—that's learning. She doesn't learn. So, that, I, and without being insulting to Hillary Clinton, she's more like a, a robot that just is programmed to do the same thing over and over again, right? I mean, I used to joke around programmed about programmed to lose. Yep. I, well, I think so. Her, but she's doing nothing different this time around than she did the previous time around. Uh, other than, I, 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 and I heard this uh, told, other than simply try to tap into the Obama supporters, which, you know, it's a, you know, an obvious playbook thing that she needs to do, but merely tapping into uh, the, the, the Obama supporters because they're no longer voting for Obama, right? So that, that doesn't mean that they're all going to vote for you. <laughs> you. You have to, you still have to be about something, right? I mean, it's like, it's like me having uh, my, my firm, Lurie and Seltzer, and uh, you know we have a certain approach to attacking the law and representing our clients, and we think it's a, a healthy, successful way that makes things as economical as possible for the client. Uh, but but if I simply replaced myself with another attorney and replaced my partners with other attorneys who have a completely different approach to it, the fact that it's still named Lurie and Seltzer doesn't mean it's going to be the same firm. You're not going to get the same sort of representation, Right. At Basic. least Coca-Cola's in, uh, incorporation did us a favor, and when they changed the formula, they at least called it New Coke. Right, that's true. And they so yeah. you wouldn't so when it tasted bad, you didn't think, well, they really they're fooling me. She she's just never learned. This yeah. is this is the point, and uh, she, no one ever told her, you know, you know, Hillary, you, you need to kind of have a message. You, you need to, I mean, at least Donald Trump has said, says making America great again, something like that, right? Uh, there, there's some sort of theme, and Hillary, Hillary doesn't even have that. I don't know what Hillary wants from me. Even if I were a, a diehard liberal, I would say, who is she? What, what am I to expect from her other than a bunch of aphorisms and, and platitudes? She, I, don't, she, I don't get it. I, I know what it is. I'm sorry, because maybe the answer isn't germane to the podcast, but the answer is, Apparent, and it's obvious. All she wants is for us to finally believe her lies. Like you say, liars always lies. Criminal. I'm driving over here today. I was thinking to myself. Uh, you know, we we all sort of put ourselves back to where we were when we were teenagers and think, you know, a little fantasy moment. What if, right? I was thinking, what if, you know, I got together with my friends and we decided, you know, what we're going to be in life. We're going to be criminals. <laughs> what, what kind of crime doesn't matter? Let's just be criminals. Right. But then, you know, you start thinking realistically of what the, that choice would entail as you parse the steps, right. right? Well, I wouldn't be able to have a credit history. I wouldn't be able to have bank accounts. I wouldn't be able to get a phone. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to have my address be yeah. public, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if you think of it, then this thought, this spark hit me. And I know you're wondering, where is this going? Yes. The thought <laughs> just jumped <laughs> in my head. Bill and Hillary Clinton chose to be criminals. Wait a minute. They did this. So the point is, these are people who chose to be criminals. They really did. They don't know any other way. What do criminals do? They lie. Yeah. They cheat. I, they I, steal. I know. They I know. do but, but, crime. But you are going a little far afield from, from this. Not, not too far as, as you might have thought. But I, that the message here that we're trying to convey, whether they're criminals or not, and I, I agree with you, they've done some horrific stuff in the past. They are liars. I understand that. But even liars learn how to improve their lies. Well, good criminals do, right, good. not them. Yes, yes, exactly. They, they learn from their mistakes. I mean, even, uh, you know, you name it. I mean, even dictators like Hitler, you know, they learn from their own mistakes. It's, it's not only good people learn from their mistakes. Bad people learn how to commit their crimes even more effectively. Look what's, what happens with people who hack into computer systems. You know, they get more and more advanced in their, in their art. I'll put that in air quotes. Um, but you, you don't see that from Hillary Clinton. We, we know that she's a bad person. We know that she's a disingenuous person. We know that she's a dishonest person. But what she doesn't ever change, and no one's ever told her, is to be about something. No one's told her to be different than all the others that surround her. You know, one, the, the funny thing is one of the great advantages of... The Republicans having so many nominees or candidates out there is that they get to kind of improve uh, themselves based upon the attacks of the others and such. They actually have to they have to work on standing out. 
you know, and some people are more successful than others. Ted Cruz is now, you know, good for today, uh, standing out nicely. Donald Trump has stood out for quite a while. He's honed his uh, distinct individual uh, individuality. Jeb Bush, by contrast, you know, he was hoping to be individualized, uh, but he, he just hasn't managed to do it. By contrast, Hillary Clinton doesn't have that, as you said, the whetstone to, to, to sharpen her knife. Uh, and she, so she's just standing around saying, well, I'm, I get to be the queen. I'm going to be the queen. I'm going to be the queen. And still, and it's forgotten that she has to deliver. And what, what does she have to deliver? A message. Thank you very much. And she's not going to win without one. So uh, it, it's like any story. If you, if you cannot, if the story is just a bunch of fist fights and late lightsaber fights and such like that, nobody's going to watch that movie. And they certainly won't watch it over and over again, like Star Wars and, uh, and otherwise. And that's Hillary's problem. Now, we talked about the problem that she's facing, and this is why Bernie Sanders is beating her, and, and he shouldn't be. Bernie Sanders, by contrast, has a strong message. It's a dangerous message. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't like him at all. I think he's extremely dangerous for the country. But his message is one of, we've got to reform this whole country to be a socialist country like the countries in Europe. That's his message. And he's very clear about it. And that's and he's gaining traction, not just bit by bit, but by a lot, because this this woman, this this uh, simple woman who doesn't know how to galvanize a message, um, is just letting him letting him run over her. That's that's the steamroller effect. Okay. So in the meantime, you know. So so what does she have to do? And again, we're going to talk about this as emblematic of liberalism, generally speaking. She's a cautionary tale. I, I want to learn from Hillary Clinton. Maybe that's my point. I, I don't want to, to just kind of stand in my tracks, rest in my laurels, and never learn from my mistakes. And God knows we all make mistakes, and, and plenty of them, and some of them are, are big doozies. She certainly has made a lot of mistakes, right? The, the email situation. But what, how does she respond to it? She hopes, and she succeeds in large part, in getting them... Uh, put it under the rug, right? That, that, that's who she is. So how can you learn from that process? She didn't learn anything from, from Bill Clinton or her, her husband, who was impeached, no less. And, and you would think that that would kind of bring some humility into the equation. Uh, I, I would think that they would, they would talk and act more like, say, Mike, Michael uh, Milken, who, uh, after being arrested for insider trading and all the stuff that he did. Not arrested. Convicted. I'm sorry, convicted. Yeah, convicted. Incarcerated. Incarcerated. <laughs> you, would, you know, he came back. And, and by the way, there's some issues about whether or not he was rightfully convicted and whether he was selectively convicted. But that's another story. But he comes out of jail, and he decides to just be a completely different person. And he sets foundations up. He creates charities. He's got a great school out here in Los Angeles. Not that we want any of our children known as going to that school. That's a based great on his reputation. No, but it's a great school. Yeah, it's a great school. And, yeah, and, 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 and the point is well taken. He made a, a deliberate effort right. to to in name, uh, indeed, in and in reputation to heal thyself. Yeah, and he doesn't shy away from his past. He simply says, you know, I got I got in a mess. Uh, I could have made some better choices, and I paid the piper for it, and I'm out, and now I'm going to do some great things. And I'm a new man. And people love him for it. They, 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 they just, it's a very redemptive story. Michael Milliken has a story that is valuable, and I respect him for it. It's, it don't, don't we all, right, in many ways? Uh, I respect him the same way that I respect so many alcoholics, a couple of them that I know that have renounced their alcohol altogether. They realize that's a problem. They have a problem with it, and they're going to renounce it, and they, they live an entirely different existence. God bless them. I like them more than, than the person who doesn't have an alcohol problem at all. If Bill was, and in Milken's case and the alcoholics, it does something interesting. It's, it's something called building character. Yeah. Be, and, and that's so fundamental because that's what we always talk about with the Clintons. They have no character. No. And, and people who have character, even if they've made mistakes, when they gain character from making their mistakes, they become much more interesting people. Right. Even Obama, when, when he talks about his own past, you know, rightfully or wrongfully, I, you know, he, you get the sense that there is a past from which he learned. He even said, you know, I did drugs in the past. Uh, that was a bad time for me. I, I had a loner time. I was isolated. Um, you know, yes, he's kind of packaging it in a certain way. But nevertheless, you get the sense of there's a story to this man. 
And now he's president of the United States, you know. Uh, but, but Hillary Clinton, you get this impression that she just, everything she's ever done is, is right, and there's nothing that she's ever done wrong. Uh, there's nothing that she ever changed. She, she never morphed from one thing to the other, uh, except other that she once, you know, worked for the Gold War campaign. You know, she, she makes a point of that. But that's it. And uh, she, you say it's about character, and I agree. She doesn't, there is nothing there to show that she's a person of character. She's just a carbon unit that goes from one political job to the other. She is a cautionary tale. Don't be this person. Be somebody that learns, and she has not learned at all. And she, we both think that she will not succeed in the nomination. Or if she does, it will be a much harder fight than it presently seems to be. And I, I, I think that's the main point. Now, what if, what if she is the nominee? Okay. Here are the headwinds that she's going to be dealing with. On election night, she will be arrested. <laughs> well, that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be a very interesting yeah, that would be a, concession speech. <laughs> that would be a, a just thing to happen, but that's another story. And by the way, there's nothing about this, nothing, and I know that I speak for Ari as well. It's not a question of, of glee on our part to see Hillary Clinton arrested. It's a question of justice. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, the, it's the sense of, well, about time. We've been waiting 30 years for this. Y- yes, yes. But, but hang on. It, it, it's a sense of justice. It's funny. Offline, we were talking about O.J. Simpson and how, despite the fact that he got away with it from a, a criminal point of view in, in the actual killings of Ron Goldman and uh, Nicole Simpson, that... <clears throat> that the, the turnabout of events came about that he eventually ended up in jail anyway for 30 years uh, for stealing uh, stuff and, and breaking and entering in a burglary, right? So th- there's, there's that justice in the end. And we, we, don't, we didn't express glee because we wanted to hurt a man named O.J. Simpson. We expressed glee because it was, it was good that somebody who does something like that ends up in jail. That's why. That, that's the only reason why. That they ended up in jail the same way they would have ended up had they been rightfully convicted the first time. That's they, right. Justice was served. And that's... And, anyway, and, and, and now going to Clinton, Yeah. Um, there's presently the possibility of an indictment by the FBI or a recommendation of an, F, uh, an indictment by the FBI. Whether the Justice Department follows through with it, that's another story. We, can, we don't need to get into the detail, details of that. But <clears throat> if she were to be indicted and then... If she were to be convicted, you and I would not be saying, great to bring down Hillary Clinton any way we can. We're not, that, that's vengeance. That's, a, that's, that's the cult of personality. We're not interested in her. We're interested in justice. She has flouted the rules of justice, and she must pay the penalty of justice. And, and not just flouted the rules because the rules are on some pages of some book. But she hurt people in the, especially on things like the Travelgate, in the Rose Law Firm, billing records scandals, right. in the Watergate, in the Tyson Chicken scandal. In her, she hurt Juanita Broderick. She hurt Jennifer Flowers, Paula Jones, and Kathleen Willey. She had people and terrorizing this woman. <clears throat> and four people died at Benghazi in agonizing <clears throat> ways because of her. Yeah. So seeing her perped walk into a cell for the next 15, 20, 30, maybe 50 years. Right. Well, she also is, exhibited... Is satisfying yeah. for the justice for those people who are suffering every day because of her. It's satisfying in the sense that it's dealing with the arrogance of power. And she, has, she exhibits that in, a, in, a, in an extraordinary way. And just like Julius Caesar, you know, who arrogated himself so much to the emperor status that he did, not realizing that the people around him were... were setting about to destroy him and to kill him. Uh, obviously, I don't want anyone to kill Hillary Clinton. It's, that's not the point. But what I, what, what she may not realize is how the, the nation is galvanizing against her and how her political enemies are galvanizing again against her as well, that there may very well be an indictment against her. And <clears throat> we may very well be saying in this podcast, and we're not making a prediction, by the way. I, I can't see those tea leaves. There are too many personalities involved for me to actually see that. Um, but I, I do know that there are certain pressure points. It is not a foregone conclusion that she will not be indicted. Not at all. You may think so, 
But Obama has no real love for Hillary Clinton. And if the pressure is enough from the FBI that you must indict this woman <clears throat> to the Justice Department, um, Lynch must move forward with an indictment. And, and I would even, there are some tea leaves I can see, which is this, which is if Obama was going to protect her, the entire investigation would have been quashed months ago. Yes. The fact that it's moving forward yeah. indicates to me that Obama is going to stick the dagger in her with that indictment right when it's going to do the most damage to her. To me, that's it's possible. obvious. Those two hate each other. Yeah, that's very possible. And, and to me, the entire reason Obama, and you know, this could sound conspiratorial, but whatever, we've seen things happen in this administration. I, to me, the only reason Obama appointed her Secretary of State is because he wanted to set her up. Because he knew how corrupt she is, and she, he knew that he'd use that she would use the secretary of state position for all that skullduggery and, and unethical behavior. Well, but, but let's let's not get too far away from the, the topic. I, I agree with you to some extent, but I don't think he's that crap. I don't think he's that smart in calculating. And what I do think that he did was he put her in the secretary of state position precisely because uh, it is so divorced from the White House. And yet he can still have control over her at the same time. Obviously, he couldn't predict what happened in Benghazi uh, or that she would get the, the, the blame for it. But one thing I do know is that he does hate her. She hates him. And something that, that it's in his very incentive to make sure she does not win the nomination. He would prefer Bernie Sanders. Um, and or Elizabeth Warren <clears throat> or Joe Elizabeth, Biden. Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason he picked Biden to be his yeah, vice president. Yeah, hang on. He would prefer Bernie Sanders because, first of all, he's much, he is a socialist and he's an avowed socialist. And I think that Obama resonates much more to that than, uh, than he would resonate to Hillary Clinton's beliefs. But putting that aside, he doesn't want Hillary Clinton going out there saying, this is what I would have done. And, I, and Obama didn't go far enough. And this is, leads to my next point, which is how she's going to respond to these questions from the Republican nominee saying, do you agree with what Obama did regarding X, Y, or Z? And she'll have to respond, no, I don't. Because how, how is she going to uh, support this president with all his failures? Obamacare is the best one to, to explain. But what about the Middle East collapse? What about Russia? What about China? What about uh, Israel, for that matter? I mean, everything about it has been a, a failure. There's not one success that you can really say, unless you want to say that Obamacare was, was a success. But how about the immigration policies? I mean, everything that he's done is, is horrific immigration-wise. And, and the, the dealing with the... Um, Islamic terrorism. How, how did? How can she back him up on this? So she's going to have to differentiate herself if she wants to win. Well, the minute she differentiates herself, Obama will be listening and say, well, how can you dare say that I did a bad job or that I could have done a better job? Right? So then you'll see Obama pull out all his stops. So either she'll be a puppet for him during the entire campaign or she is going to have to differentiate herself, in which case um, Obama will cut the strings, which will also be the support strings that he promised her. Very, very a difficult position for her to be in. And also the, another tea leaf to factor in that is, remember, in 2012, in exchange for Clinton's campaigning for Obama, the promise was that Obama would endorse and make her do everything he could to make her president in 2016. He's refusing to endorse anyone. To me, that's obviously that she's in deep, deep voodoo on this one. Yeah, deep. I agree. I agree. Well, these are headwinds, uh, headwinds that are very, very strong. Then there's the Bill Clinton factor, right? Now, you know, Bill Clinton, once upon a time, um, to hear the media play it out, is, you know, he, he has such great masculine animal magnetism. And magnetism that, you know, means charm and everything else, right? This is this is how people get seduced into the Bill Clinton campaign and such. But that was at a time when he was, what, in his 50s, you know, maybe early 50s. There was some charm to him, and the woman swooned over him, and the men kind of admired him for his abilities and such like that. And there was, there was he was very virile, let's say. And now, of course, he's a different man, right? It, it doesn't... 
he doesn't engender the same sort of excitement in a crowd that he used to. I mean, he's what, 75 now? He's an old guy. And he's a dirty old man. Yeah, now they perceive him to be the, uh, a dirty old man. He, he's not as appealing in every way. People are yawning while, while he speaks. And he's the politics of yesteryear. Let's, let's face it. Right. I mean, the, the old joke we said in, offline is that, you know, the campaign for Bill Clinton was don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Right. And the, the campaign for Hillary Clinton seems to be don't stop thinking about yesterday. Right. That's that's all she wants. Just keep on thinking about yesterday. But it, which is it? You know, Bill Clinton was young and spry back then. And you get the sense, you know, he was campaigning against a man named George H.W. Bush, an old guy. Right. And he was young and spry. And now it's the exact reverse, isn't it? where she's kind of the old guard, and she's going to be competing perhaps against Cruz, very young man, perhaps against Rubio, very young man. And that's going to be a problem for her. So, and Bill Clinton, you know, she also has to dance a very de delicate dance with him. On the one hand, if she uses him too much, uh, sorry, if she, if she uses him for, you know, his charm and such like that, to the extent that he has any charm left, well, okay, fine, but then... If she uses him too much, then people will also, of course, have to... It'll bring in the whole Bill Clinton scandals all back into the picture. Already but, has. Yeah, already has, I know. She's used him for three days, and it's already... That's it, all we talk it's about. It's a problem. It's, yeah. So, so you got to think about that, especially yeah. when you're talking about women's rights. We, we, you know, that's part of the media play and such. But look at this delicate dance that she's playing. And then, of course, there's the issue of her being a woman there, and she doesn't understand that just... Not having a penis and having a vagina is not going to engender votes for you, okay? That doesn't mean a thing to most voters. They really don't. You know, some voters for sure, they'll say, well, I just want to be able to vote for the first woman and be able to say that I voted for the first woman. There are such people. I call them idiots, okay? Because it's a stupid way to vote for somebody. Why not just say, I want to vote for the first uh, person who's uh, five foot seven for president? What does that mean? It doesn't mean a thing whether or not she has female or male genitalia. Who gives a crap? Yeah, and in Obama's case, I think there's an important <clears throat> point to make in this vein for this only one reason. The fact that Obama was the first black guy to become president is germane and salient in an American election because this country had a problem with slavery of black people. Yeah, of course. That's the only reason that particular uh, a demographic group yeah, has a yeah. special bearing. Right. Woman, no special bearing. Jewish, no special bearing. Right. Even American Indian, no special bearing. Right. And and but but they of course are always about identity politics. Right. But even the fact that of her being a woman, she doesn't understand how to galvanize that. She she just says, "I'm a woman, therefore vote for me." That doesn't make any sense. She should be like Carly Fiorina in this department. The fact that she's, or, or Bernie Sanders for that matter, who happens to be Jewish, right? We just talked about this. It, it shouldn't play into it. Let the media make it the big deal. But, but she shouldn't be making a big deal. And it's insulting to women voters to, to have them, to play up to them by saying, you'll, you'll be voting for somebody just like you, and I'll be taking care of you. I don't think that women voters like that. And here's another problem for her. Women don't like women. They are very harsh on them, and it's going to cripple her, whether she realizes it or not. I would actually shy away from the fact that I'm a woman. I would talk and say, here are my policies, here's my positions. I'm different than Bernie Sanders because of X, Y, and Z, and I'm going I'm to be better than the, whoever is the Republican nominee because of uh, A, B, and C, and thank you very much. Let's go and let's make change for America. That's what she should be doing. But instead, you know, she's... she's talking all about the womanhood stuff, and women are very, very tough on them. They, they will judge you so harshly just for wearing the wrong dress, things that you and I just don't understand at all. We have no clue why, why women talk to each other the way they do. They have this secret language going on that I'll never understand. And uh, the things that they'll say, uh, I mean, uh, it, they'll, they'll be insulted by, by the way a woman dresses, Right. I, I'm not insulted by the way a man dresses. I, I maybe if he's if he's if he's got a wrinkled shirt, I'll say, hey, you know, maybe he ought to wear a wrinkled shirt. But I'm not angry with him <laughs> for it, right? Don't take it personally. I don't, I don't take it personally. These women are really. I, I just don't understand it. I love women. I think you're fascinating, and you contribute so much to civilization. But I can't say I understand. Uh, certainly not 100 percent of, yeah. of and all also, womanhood. Also, the point you make is so good in this regard. 
if Hillary Clinton was an unknown public entity, okay, there's a point there. Okay, if, her, if she's Josephina Blow and no one knows her, okay, fine, I'm this, I'm that. Oh, by the way, I'm a woman. But this is a very famous woman, okay? Yeah. We've known about her in the public eye since really since 1988 for anyone who's been paying attention, really since 1992, 93. Right. Okay, so that's 25 years, 26 years at this point. A long time. You'd think she'd have something else to say besides the, the demographic card. And one other point to it, which is so important, of all the things that you're going to hang upon yourself as your as your qualifications. Woman is not the way to go with her from the get-go, considering that the only reason she's in the position she's in is because she was married to a guy. Yeah. It's not it like Carly Fiorina, who I have my policy issues with. with sure. Whatever there. Yeah. But at least she got the job at HP herself. Right. She at least Harper. she worked yeah. at HP for someone other than her husband. I agree. Or boyfriend or lover. You know? right. Now, here are the, the other issues. And uh, the other issues, of course, are the email scandals and, and uh, of course, Benghazi. Uh, and, and a lot of the other things that will kind of haunt her as we go along into the actual light of the nomination. And... Uh, you know, and how does she respond to that? She dismisses it. She says they're no big deal, and she characterizes the way we are characterizing it as, as if somehow, you know, if, if you kind of act dismissively like that, then then it will all go away. And it doesn't. It it, it really doesn't. And we'll kind of wrap up the whole podcast, or at least this portion of the podcast, by saying, look, look at what we're talking about. This is there's one consistent theme here, and it's a theme about. A person that has no sense of who she is, why she's even in the picture, other than to gain power for herself. She doesn't know what she wants to achieve for America. I have no idea, right? All I know is that she wants to be president, but there's no story behind it. And so everything that you're seeing, even the, the, the aspect of her being a woman, she gloms onto anything she can because, you know, she's a woman, she's the first woman, blah, 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 wouldn't that be great? Um, and she talks about Bill, you know, and Bill Clinton. Well, he's charming, but let's not, not use him too much. Uh, we, we, you know, we talk about um, um, the, the differentiation between her and, and Bernie Sanders, but she doesn't even know how to differentiate herself. She's a person that has no sense of who she is. And we know one thing from history: people who are unable to articulate who they are, that they don't look in the mirror and say, "Who am I?" They will fail. And very often, they'll be very destructive in the process. You see it time and time again, not only in historical figures, but you see it also in fictional characters. It's part of the things that we, we study about. Um, I, just to use an example, um, <clears throat> Hamlet, right? I mean, to be or not to be. You know, she's, she's the Hamlet. She makes no decisions. She doesn't know what her role is, what her mission is. And so what happens with Hamlet? Everyone dies. That's the whole point of that story. And Hillary Clinton is a woman without anything behind her. There is no substance to who she is. And that's why Ari and I will not be surprised whatsoever if she not only loses the general election, but loses the nomination itself. We would not be surprised for a moment because when you choose between somebody who is just existing and somebody who's got a mission, people will always choose the mission. This is Brock Lurie. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or a real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you successfully sued a corporation only to have the principal claim it had no assets. What did you do? Dennis, we showed after the judgment there was a pattern of the principal taking money out of the corporation for his own personal purposes. And the outcome? After examining and documenting the corporation bank statements, we showed a pattern where the principal was using the corporation as his own personal piggy bank. We were able to show that he personally had a lot of money 
and should be the real defendant. He thought he could get away with everything by hiding behind the skirts of the corporation, but now he's personally liable. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. And we are back from our break. Thanks so much for tuning back in. You know, we're going to continue talking about uh, Hillary Clinton because, well, she's fascinating. And she is indeed a cautionary tale. Um, for, For every politician, anybody who wants to be a politician, left or right, needs to study Hillary Clinton. Just like, like, uh, you know, we need to study Napoleon. We need to study Hitler. We need to study Churchill and Roosevelt and we, and all the great wartime leaders of, of, of old, where were their mistakes? Where, you know, how do they uh, lose it, so to speak? Um, and Hillary Clinton is going to be an example of somebody who loses it because she didn't understand uh, that she needs to be about something, like we talked about in the first half of this show, but also uh, that she had no plan. Okay, so what do I mean by that? This is uh, where we're, what we're going to be focusing a little bit. If you, in, in law, I say to my clients and I say to my associates, anybody working with us, I say a strategy will never develop itself. Okay, it's as simple as that. Uh, if you want a very simple image, if you have a chess game in front of you, Ari, and uh, you just move your pieces along, I'm, I'm telling you, unless you're playing with an equally inept player, you're not going to win. Anybody who knows what it takes to make a checkmate is going to win. So merely moving your pawns around and your bishops around, yeah, you're making moves, but you will not make a checkmate. You will be checkmated, okay? So a strategy does not develop itself. Remember that. And Hillary Clinton embodies the obvious here, where she just has no strategy whatsoever. Let's take, first, first of all, the fact that uh, putting aside that she doesn't have a sense of who she is. She doesn't put forth who she is. That's the number one thing you need to do. Uh, what she needs to do, if she really wants to win, is to say how moderate she is and uh, how she will take the, the country in, in a more moderate track. She, she needs to actually differentiate herself from Obama. Now, she may not be able to do that for political reasons. I get that. Uh, but she won't do it. She... Uh, again, for political purposes, you know, Obama has gotten too strong. The, you know, it used to be the Clinton machine. Now it's the Obama machine. But that's part of the problem uh, in, in this chess game of hers. Even if she played chess, she would have to deal with a very big factor named Barack Obama. But the, the right move here would, would be to make a decision and to say, you know what? We're going to go against Obama. We're going to say that, that the way he uh, pursued things was wrong. Yeah, people accuse me of being a conservative in the process, but I'll say, look, we need to go the hard and fast way of true liberalism, and that means respecting the private sector. Yes, we want a lot of advancements in in the government, and yes, we want equal pay for equal work, but uh, President Obama, you didn't do any of those things. I can do that. See, she she needs to differentiate herself that way. She doesn't, she can't do it. it She's she's too afraid to do it, I think. And as a consequence, uh, nothing will happen. It would also give her the chance to really utilize her husband for what he was good for in his legacy, which was that old Democrat Party third way. Because isn't it strange that they always point to the things Clinton did that were successful, and then they refuse to do any of those things today right. in well, favor that, of being leftists? Right. That, that's what, that was one of Gore's mistakes as well. He, he became a unionist sort of guy, um, which I remember even, even when I was planning to vote for Gore, I was a little bit upset. Um, this is back in 2000, where, of course, we're talking about. But here's the problem is that she, and again, because I, I don't want to go into the specifics of it too much, because I'm, I'm more interested in learning about how her campaign is failing. And the campaign is, is indeed failing, at least good for today, uh, which we're in January of 2016. And 
uh, we predict, you and I, that the campaign will continue to falter, if not lose steam dramatically. And, and the, we now know, for example, that her campaign, her, uh, her slippage, if you want, um, <clears throat> is, is far worse than it was. Not a little bit worse, but far worse than it was during the 2008 campaign against Obama, where she was supposedly ahead still, but she was, the, the, the window was narrowing, the, the gap was narrowing. And now Bernie Sanders is really gaining traction. And, and he's not a fly-by-night sort of guy. This is not a, um, a Ben Carson situation, shall we say, or a, uh, who's, you know, John Edwards was hot for a short while also. No, right? this is a long-term. This is a long-term. And, and, and he's climbing. He's, he's gaining good traction in, you know, a slow but steady way. And not that I like him at all, don't get me wrong, but I, I have to admire his tenacity. And he's certainly about something. He's, he's about something that's very wrong. You know, like you know, Darth Vader is about the dark side, right? But but he still had a mission, and he and he was successful in his mission, right? All right. So um, you know, Hitler was also about something, and and as a consequence, he did terrible things and everything else, and he almost conquered the world. Um, but but Bernie Sanders is about something. He is a socialist, and he's an avowed socialist, and he tells it plain, and he says, "This is what this country needs, and I'm going to be the guy to deliver it." Thank you very much. And he's got this seriousness about him. He doesn't. I don't think he's cracked a joke on the campaign trail whatsoever. And because he, he's a true believer, of course. Yeah, socialists aren't famous for their um, <laughs> their sense of humor. Yeah. All right. So, but but here's the thing: is that Hillary sees this, and she feels the need to go even further left of Bernie Sanders. Yeah, the which, socialist, you understand. is probably impossible right. anyway. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you can't imagine can't getting that. more socialist unless she you know, pulls out a Stalinist book and says, uh, well, you call that socialism? I'll tell you socialism. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but she doesn't have, she's, instead of, instead of uh, tacking to the right and saying, man, that man's, that man be crazy, <laughs> right? That's all she has to say. Like, you want a socialist? No, we're, we're different than that. We're Democrats. We, we do believe in free enterprise. We do believe in the, the strength of America. Uh, we, we think that America can see better days in the future, and we think that, the, you know, we need a safety net and, you know, gun control and all these things. But socialism? No, sir. That's all she has to say. And, and she would do a great job of it. But instead, she gets, she's, she's uh, letting Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, have her chase, you know, go down that rabbit hole. And she's going to the left of him. Think of it like, you know, Bernie Sanders is, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a flock, right? Your your voters are a flock, right? And and Bernie Sanders is a sheepdog, and he's somehow um, going, you know, to these people and grabbing the sheepdog is kind of pulling the cows to the left, right? Sheep, right? The other way would be a cow dog, right? Sheepdog, you're right. You're sheep. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, so 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 he's pulling the sheep to the to the left. And, and that's okay, you know, but so Hillary Clinton should, should see this and just say, no, no, we need to go to the right. She needs to be the sheepdog that brings everyone back to the right. And, and, and she has the power to do so. But instead, she says, okay, well, I'll show you. I'm going to take the, those, those sheep be mine, right? Right. And so, and so she goes to the further left. And, and Bernie Sanders is like, really? Wow, this is amazing. And he's redefining the Democratic Party in the process. But more importantly... He's uh, she is letting him redefine her. That's the amazing thing, to decide uh, how to be defined. Now, look in law, we do this all the time in terms of we define what the opposition is really saying. So we call it strawmanning. It sometimes we, you know, we we, we trivialize their defenses, um, and that's what you got to do in politics too, even more so, I think. Because, you know, it, they're very real attacks sometimes, and if somebody accuses you, uh, your client, of fraud, well, you, you better have a good defense and vice versa. Uh, but the way to say it is, look, you know, their, their argument that the, the check bounced or whatever, that, well, that, that's neither here nor there, Your Honor. That's a silly argument, and the fact is that they tried to defraud my client. Okay. Um, and, and she doesn't do that. She doesn't have anything close to that. She, she simply says... She sees that, that the sheep, so to speak, are moving to the left, and she better be there. Okay, that's, that's putting your, your finger to the wind and figuring out where it's going, and you go left with it. That's insanity. That's stupid, right? It's, it's like, uh, like a sailboat, like taking a sailboat, and you want to, 
you just go where you think the wind is going to be instead of deciding that you want to go from this point to that point. So, uh, and, and you just tack wherever the wind is, regardless of how strong the wind may be. That's, that's what you need to do. Tacking is fine, but actually placing your boat only so that it can capture the wind, because that's the easier way to go, you, you'll never be anywhere. You'll never go anywhere. You'll never be anywhere. And most likely, it'll drag you out to somewhere very dangerous in the middle of a storm in the ocean, yeah. and then you're really stuck. Exactly right. You, but, you, but, oh, you got some wind. Right. <laughs> you, you don't go where the wind takes you. You've got to harness the wind. That's, yes. that's, there's a big difference. And maybe understand the power of the wind, yes, but you still need to go where you need to go. Look, look this is basic marketing. And I was also in business school. I, I majored in marketing in, in, at, at Anderson uh, uh, Business School. And, and what the basic principle is, you have to decide what your product is, <laughs> right? You, you don't just say you put a bunch of um, I, I don't know. Let's, let's uh, put a bunch of wheels together, put a, a you know, a, a, a steel case around it, and then say, figure it out. <laughs> you, you tell them, no, no, this is the thing called a car, and it will help you go from point A to point B. These, these are, and by, the, by golly, it's really fun. It's really great. You, you'll have freedom and independence, and that's what you would do, right? And then, of course, when you're differentiating yourself from other cars, you say, well, this car for example, is, uh, is great for the outdoors. If the outdoorsy type people, and it's stronger, it's got a V8 engine, for, it goes zero to 60 for the quick pickup. And, and that's, it's for you. That's what it's, you're about. You know, that's why they say, it's, this car is me, right? You know, that's, that's what marketing loves. But why would anyone say about Hillary Clinton? I mean, she has to, you know, she's selling herself, as it were. And she has to be about something. So who is she? Are you just somebody who kind of exists? You're, you're, I mean, this is exactly what we talked about in the first half of the show, I guess. So now she's moving to the, to the far left. And the fact that this country, this is the next point I want to make, can even talk about socialism as a legitimate word. I mean, people, we talked about the first black president. Oh, wow, this is a historical moment, right? Um, and, uh, and now that, they, that the first uh, female maybe nominee, who knows? Um, we don't think so for a variety of reasons, but let's say she is. No matter what, she would be the first uh, female main Democratic nominee, right? Whether she wins or loses in the actual election. So the first, the first, oh my gosh, everything's just the first. But nobody talks about the fact that this is the first serious contender who's running as a socialist, an admitted socialist. This would be obscene back in 19, as, as early uh, as only as far back as recent as uh, uh, 1992, 1988, for that matter, when when um, when George Bush, H.W. Bush, was running against Dukakis, right? He used you know the L word. He's a liberal, right? That was a dirty word, and then he had to defend himself against being a liberal, right? Remember this? Of course. Yeah. And now it not only is the word liberal okay, but the word socialist is okay. Uh, and, and that he's gaining this traction. And no one's saying it. And by golly, you know, we need to say that from the Republican camp as well. And maybe they eventually will, but because so far they've only been attacking Hillary. But they need to be saying, can you believe how far this country has gone? We've got to put the brakes on this. And how far that party has gone. Yeah, the party has gone crazy. And, and they're the ones who accuse us of being the radicals. That's the amazing thing, because we... Uh, Dennis Prager just brought this up in a, in a recent show. Uh, we are somewhat circumspect and cautious about changing the definition of marriage to just any two people, regardless of whether they're man or woman. And, and were the radicals for believing that? That's the amazing thing, right? But they, they developed these crazy notions that not only run counter to our whole notion of capitalism and what American values have, have stood for from the beginning of America's uh, founding, but but it it counters all Western civilization values, and we're the radicals, you see, right? So the, the fact that Bernie Sanders is offering a serious run as a socialist is so shocking, is so radical, and no one's making note of it. They're making note of the fact that Obama was the first black president. Yes, indeed, he is. And maybe Hillary will be the first woman president. If, and if it becomes president, yes, indeed, she would be the first woman president. There's no doubt about that. That would be significant. But this is far more important. 
We don't give a crap what your color, what the color of your skin is. We don't give a crap whether or not you have a penis. Uh, we care about your values, right? And here's something where there is a values distinction. This guy obviously doesn't believe in America. He wants us to be Sweden. And, and that goes without notice. You see, see the, the things that utterly don't mean a thing are valued by the left, and the things that do mean something are totally ignored by the left. Yeah, and, but not to get um, you know, off that track, which is an ex- extremely good point, I think the, the main thrust of what we're talking about here is in, in trend line, in 2008, Hillary Clinton wound up losing because she couldn't see that her strategy was a disaster. And this time the numbers are bearing out that she's in a worse position on this cycle than she was the last time yeah. with the benefit of seeing what happened in the past. Right. She, she's not, certainly not le- learning from the past. This is one of the things we talked about in the first half of this segment of this podcast. Um, she, uh, and by the way, let me ask you, that, that diagram that we saw before the graph, that, that is a, uh, a neutral graph. That, that is not a, uh, a pro-conservative graph or anything else. These are just actual trends uh, that are showing that Bernie Sanders has gained so much more traction than Obama gained at this same time, the same point in the campaign in January, I guess, of 2008. Yeah. And it's, it's shocking. So and there, and she, should, a, she should be tremendously alarmed. And there's a huge difference this time around, which was the John Edwards factor. John Edwards, before the Real Hunter news came out, was a legitimate candidate who was siphoning votes away from Hillary. Okay, there is no third choice with any legitimate shot. Martin O'Malley is not, despite what liberals thought several months ago, is not a legitimate candidate in any... You know that how we constantly hear the term electable or unelectable? Right. Martin O'Malley is truly an unelectable Essentially, non-existent political entity. You're 100 percent right. He's just a yeah. joke, a complete yeah. joke. So it's not like Hillary is losing votes to Sanders from uh, a John Edwards type, and thus it's sort of you know one of those not enough votes to go around things. And if you added the aggregate number of votes between John and Edwards, or in this case O'Malley and Hillary, it, it would be enough to overcome Sanders. O'Malley's polling less than 3% or something, you know, margin of error number. It right, could be right, an right. actual zero. So, so Sanders, this old man who's just... This old socialist. Who's just a joke himself is actually just beating her flat out head to head. I know, and, and, and the reason for that, and she has no excuse at this time, and we talked about this before, is, you know, unlike... Uh, 2008, where she could justify it by saying, well, you know, the country wanted this young black guy and that was going to make them feel good and, and that, that was more important to them than voting for a woman. I think I'm the best, but nevertheless, she could tell herself this story, this, this, this meme, if you will, that, that the country wanted a, a black uh, man before they wanted a white woman and, you know, tough luck. Too bad, so sad, as they say. Yeah. And but 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 here we are. You know, she doesn't have anything like that. It's it's she, it's not as if she can say, well, it turns out the country wanted an old socialist, an old white guy <laughs> socialist. You know, uh, more than an old. No, it's it's it, the reason why is because you are not conveying a message, Hillary, at all. That this is this is the pathos of it all, and you don't understand that. She need you. You need to be about something. She will not be about something. Look. Um, yeah, saying I'm I'm the wife of an ex-president is just not enough. Yeah, she she wants it to be. She 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 feels like, well, gosh, look at my resume. I was Secretary of State. I was a senator, um, and, and I was yes, indeed, uh, the the first lady at one point, but very involved first lady. Well, you know, the country just doesn't give a crap about those things. Nothing. I mean, Robert Dole was was very significant in 1996. Uh, and he had done a tremendous amount of work, and it was, you know he did a lot more than Hillary Clinton ever did. But guess what? He lost. It, yeah. it, it, the country doesn't think this way. And Obama, um, and she should learn from Obama because o- Obama was a, a you know a two-year senator, and then he becomes elected as president of the United States after being a state senator, and and before that basically being a, a what an ice cream scooper. That's it. No, so, no, so she, no, that's a real job. He was a, a yeah. community organizer. Uh, community <laughs> organizer. There you go. All right. But whatever. You know, the point is she should know that the country doesn't give a crap about experience, right? And, and the funny thing is <clears throat> that her, her experience is only pretend experience. 
she, she was just she just showed up. She she phoned it in, as they say. And, and yet, you know, so so it's she thinks that experience matters. It doesn't matter, and everyone knows that it's a phony experience anyway. So why is she doing this? I mean, I, I know why she's doing it. She's doing because she wants to be president of the United States, because she's all about power. That's what she's about. Of course, she can't portray that. She can't, you know, market herself by saying vote Hillary, Hillary Clinton, because it's all about me and my power <laughs> and my quest for power. That's all she is. So she's not going to say that. She can't market herself. We don't. She doesn't have a strategy. She hasn't conveyed it. It's very funny on Saturday Night Live, for example. They they, they make they make fun of her all the time, and um, and one of the things they say is, you know, try to say what you know, convey yourself. And she says, well, I want to be the warm, charming person that everyone knows, and then and then she and she can't do that and everything else. But you can see she's really struggling to be about something. Okay, now here's something that she also has not learned from. <clears throat> You'll recall that I don't know. I think sometime in September or October. Yeah, I believe it was October. She had two back-to-back successful uh, bumps in her campaign. One of them was the Democratic debate. I think the, the second The one debate. where uh, Bernie Sanders <clears throat> says, we, we're sick of your damn email. Yeah, we don't care about your damn emails. Yeah. And she, she held her own pretty well. She, she looked good. She seemed confident. Um, <clears throat> she didn't really feel like Bernie Sanders was a serious contender against her. Uh, she dismissed O'Malley, who said a comment about her, you know, not being, a, you know, truthful and such like that. And she said, uh, when somebody, when one of the questioners asked her, "Do you want to respond to that?" She said, "No," and everyone clapped. And it was a very strong moment for her. I, you know, we, I, I, we have to give her credit. And couple that with her testimony in the Benghazi. Uh, sorry about the, yeah, about uh, about Benghazi, yeah, the Benghazi hearing, the hearings, right, and uh, the emails to some extent as well. And she was confronted, and she was grilled for eight hours. And because she was grilled for eight hours and only a, a few moments of it were actually very substantive, um, <clears throat> she, she came off clean, she came off professional, and everyone gave her you know, a thumbs up for her performance, as if it was somehow was a, it was a performance. Um, never mind that dramatic things came out of the testimony. And never mind the fact that no legitimate presidential candidate should even have been grilled in such a hearing. Because no one should have to have been put in that position. Right, they shouldn't have done anything to <clears throat> warrant being in right. a hearing like that. But okay, let's put that aside. The, the fact is that those are two moments that were very close in time to each other, and it really propelled her campaign yet again. And she felt, okay, I'm on Easy Street again. But she should have learned that that was actually an exception in her campaign, a good day, as it were, but it, it was not the beginning of good times. On the contrary, it was just a blip. And now she's descending into chaos territory again. And she may have a good blip again, but that's all it will be, a blip. She's, uh, at the end of the day, she's still Hillary, and she's about nothing. That's her problem, and it always will be her problem. And that's why you and I, Ari, uh, predict that the nomination, even if she gets it, will be much more of a struggle for her than she would like the population to believe. Far more of a struggle. In fact, I think at this point, if she gets the nomination, it will be uh, <clears throat> quite a surprise to, to, to you and I both. We're not predicting the, that she won't make a nom- the nomination. But I think, I think I speak for both of us when I say I would be surprised if she got the nomination. Okay? It's possible. I mean, Bernie Sanders may die. Uh, he's, old, uh, he's an old man. Um, Bernie Sanders may say something stupid or something may re- be revealed about him that's so, so dastardly that, um, that Hillary Clinton then rises to the, to the presumptive de facto leadership. Yeah, but either way, it, with the nomination, she loses in a massive landslide to whoever the Republican <clears throat> I, I, I begin to think you're right. Massive. Yeah. Well, listen, from your, from your lips to God's ears on that, but, uh, but I'm, I'm just, like we said, we're, we're more interested in her as a cautionary study and both from a standpoint, I mean, the first part of our podcast really focused on her, right? Um, <clears throat> in terms of, you know, why she, uh, you, how you need to be about something in order to prevail in, in any election, in any, in any, regardless of where the, uh, where, where the mood of the country is. The second part of the podcast really was to focus on who we are, what, how the country has changed in some ways 
to accept this socialist as a really viable contender and how she fails to, to deal with that and how she's part of the old guard and how the Democratic Party is changing. But these are really interesting moments in our history. And that's why we, we are making this podcast today. It's not because we want to chime in on the most recent current event regarding Hillary Clinton. It's because it's a character study. She means something about how to campaign, how to lead, how to strategize, how to market for that matter, and then also study about ourselves. And I, and I fear about the second part. The first part, I'm ready to see her go. I I'm, I'm, would be very surprised if she didn't go because Hillary... Well, she'll always be Hillary, and that means that she's, she'll always be about nothing. My friends, this is Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.